Amen. Uh, well, guys, listen, uh, primarily through this deal, we've, we've opened up our, our text and, and we sit in one passage and those kind of things. I'm going to apologize in advance for two things. One, I'm not feeling well and uh, my, my voice may be in and out and you might see me sucking on a cough drop here in a second while I try to talk, which is a no-no in all public speaking circles, okay? Let me just tell you, they kind of teach you never to do that, but it's either that or cough on a mic. So um, we're going to go with this route and see how it goes. But um, guys, this morning, we're, we're going to kind of be all over the place. So if you want to try to follow along in your Bibles, you can, you can try your best Bible drill. Uh, we're going to start in Ephesians chapter 2, and you can be in Ephesians 2.8. But I'm going to have every scripture this morning on the screen, just for the sake of, of trying to get us through it all, okay? <clears throat> Excuse me. So um, four things I want, to, I want to tell you this morning as we talk about the way that we view this thing called the church here in this last message. And, and uh, here's the first thing I want you to understand. We're just building biblical arguments. Remember, we've been doing this the entire series. I, I want to start with this foundational Christian truth, guys, that, that salvation is a gift from God. Right? Salvation is a gift from God. And, and, and I know that, that we know that. Right? I know this is kind of one of those foundational sta- statements or, uh, of Christianity. But I don't think we can overstate this. Okay, That salvation is a gift from God. And so Ephesians 2, 8, 9 says it this way. Apostle Paul writes, for you are saved by grace through faith. He says, and this is not from yourselves, it is God's gift. And guess what? You can look up that word in the Greek and you know what it means? Gift, present. That's what it means. (laughs) Salvation is is gift. It is a present from God. It is not of yourselves. It says it is not from works. It's not anything that you can do. And and God's done it this way. He's designed it this way so that no one can boast. And so so the Bible proclaims that salvation is a gift. It's a present from God. He gives it to us freely. It's not something that we can earn or we deserve. Right. And and, and so uh, now look closely. It says that you're saved uh, through faith. Okay, by grace through faith. And so this gift, which is all based on the grace of God, is received, the Bible says, through faith. And ultimately, we know that it's through faith in Jesus Christ, right? So John 3.16, the apostle John writes that same thought this way. He says, for God loved the world in this way, he gave his one and only son, so that everyone who believes in him, right, who has faith in him, will not perish but have eternal life. And so the, the, the basic premise of Christianity, foundational statement, is that there's nothing that we can do on our own or by ourselves to be saved, that we are sinners, that we are enemies of God, right, and so that God saves us, not that we save ourselves. And, and it's a gift. It's not by works. And, and that's why it says, so God gave he gave. It's a gift. So salvation is a gift from God. That's where we need to start, okay? Second thing, and I know you guys are like, this is the, like, this is the sermon I've known. That, like, I, I knew this when I showed up. Thanks, Pastor. Okay, we're getting there, okay? So, so let's move from salvation is a gift from God, number two, this morning. When we receive the gift of salvation, we become part of the body of Christ. So salvation is a gift from God, and when we receive salvation, we become a part of the body of Christ, Right? Now, we spent a good chunk of time in the beginning of this series in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. 1 Corinthians chapter 12 is, is really all about what happens when you receive the gift of salvation. It says, you know, it, it explains that when we receive the gift of salvation, we were then empowered by the Holy Spirit, and that the Holy Spirit gives to each of us unique spiritual gifts. And, and 1 Corinthians chapter 12 talks about how each of these unique spiritual gifts are then used in cooperation with other believers that are uniquely gifted by God, and, and, and that 
that somehow God weaves all of these people and all of these gifts together into a functioning body where each person has a role to play. That's 1 Corinthians chapter 12, okay? Now, in that, I don't want you to miss, there's one little statement that Paul says kind of at the end of 1 Corinthians chapter 12 that if you're like me, I have read past a million times, right? And, and here's what it said. This is kind of a huge little statement. Now, you are the body of Christ and individual members of it. Now, now if you're reading in your text, if you turn there, he goes, right on to another sentence, and that's why I've read past it a million times, but it's really, really important. Paul's going like, listen. So, so listen, when you received Jesus, you became a part of the body of Christ. You were given unique spiritual gifts that were meant to be used in cooperation with other people because now you are a part of the body of Christ. And what he's saying is, listen, there was a time that you were not right? You were not a part of the body of Christ, but now because you have been saved, now because you've received the gift of salvation, you are a part of the body of Christ. And this is one of Paul's favorite uh, teaching methods, this literary device of comparison, where he, he goes back and he says, this is who you were without Christ, and now this is who you are with Christ. And I just want to give you this. This isn't really part of the sermon. It's just free. Uh, some of you need to go read Paul, and, and you need to read the places that he uses this literary device, and he talks about who you were before Christ and who you are after Christ, and you need to go find these places like Ephesians chapter 2, and man, you need to read those places, and you need to underline those places, and you need to memorize some of those places, because you know what? The devil, our enemy who is real, he loves to remind us of who we were, amen? Right? He loves to remind us of who we were. And, and so what happens when the devil comes up against you, the Bible says what you do when the devil comes against you is you don't run away, but rather you stand firm. And, and we stand firm on the truth of God. And how do I stand firm on the truth of God if I don't know the, the word of God? And so, so what happens when the devil comes against you and he reminds you of who you were, you need to turn to someplace like Ephesians 2 and you need to stand firm with the devil, look at him and say, you know what, you're right. I was dead in my sin. I was. Right? There was a time I was somebody that followed the ways of the world. I was somebody that you had wrapped up and, and I was somebody that lived in the flesh. And I was somebody that was an enemy of God. And I was somebody that was far away from God. And I was somebody that was a foreigner to the promise of God. I was somebody that was excluded from the citizenship of God. But now, right? And, and here's what Ephesians 2, 4 says. It says, but God, right? But God. See, I was but God who's rich in mercy because of his grace, because of his great love that he had for me. He made us alive with Christ. Even though we were dead in trespasses and sin, you are saved by grace. It goes on. And so when, when the enemy comes up against you, he says, this is who you were. I'm telling you, you, you better have something in you that you have remembered the word of God and you stand on the word of God and say, you know what, Satan, you're right. I was. But God, but God saved me, right? But God made me alive in Christ. But God raised me up and seated me with Christ. But God made me a citizen of the kingdom and a son and an heir. But God brought me near. But God. See, that's who I was, but now let me tell you who I am, right? That's who I am. And so listen, a part of who you are, According to the Apostle Paul, and this is a big deal, don't miss it. You are now part of the body of Christ. That's who you are. There was a time you weren't. 
There was a time you were excluded. There was a time you were on an island responsible for your own sin. Just, just all about you. There was a time that you were isolated. But now, you are not. Now you are a part of the body of Christ, okay? That's the second point, all right? So listen, salvation is a gift from God, okay? I just want you to follow where I'm headed. So salvation is a gift from God. When I receive that gift of salvation, I become part of the body of Christ, which means, right, that being a church member is a gift from God. That's the third point, right? Membership in the church then must be a gift. If salvation is a gift, and when I receive salvation, I, I become a member, then salvation is the gift that keeps on giving. That means church membership is a gift from God. That's how we have to view it. God gave us the church. He gave us family. Maybe you uh, don't realize this, but the Bible says that when we believe in Jesus, that God adopts us as his children. And maybe you grew up in an awesome family. Maybe you grew up with lots of brothers and sisters. Maybe you grew up with that experience where you knew what it was to be known and to be loved. But maybe you're here this morning and that was not your experience. That wasn't your experience. But guess what? In Christ it is. In Christ it is. Right? You are known and you are loved. God has given you the gift of family. And, and, and the church is a gift. Now, some people like to, uh, they're going to read this and they're going to say, well, that is, that, that, that's talking about the universal church. And you know what? They're right. It is. When we receive Christ, we become part of the universal church. But what I'm going to tell you is that the universal church and the local church are not mutually exclusive. See, the Bible was written in large part, most of the New Testament, to local churches. When it's not written to a specific local church, it's often written to a pastor of a local church so that he can share with the members of his local congregation. All right? So what I'm here to tell you is, listen, we've got to change the way that we think about the church. And so salvation is a gift from God. When I receive that gift of salvation through faith in Jesus Christ, okay, I become a member of the body of Christ. And that means that the church is a gift from God, which just brings me to the last point, ready? It's the last thing I want to share with you. I'm done. Short message today. It was good. God in his providence knew I wasn't going to be feeling good today. Listen, last thing, ready? A proper response to a gift, ready, is gratitude, joy, and a desire to give back. That's the proper response. A proper response to a gift is gratitude, joy, and a desire to give back. See, when we understand that church membership is a gift, it changes our perspective. And I'm going to go out on a limb, ready? This is a hard limb here, and say, I don't think most Christians have been thinking of the church in this way. And I say that based on how people respond to the church. I think our perspective is, you know what happens with the greatest gifts in life, right? What happens with the greatest gifts in your life? After a while, you what? You take them for granted. I hear you, I saw you live, you, you take them for granted. I think that's what's happened with the church. People of God, I think we have taken the church for granted. And you know what? I was thinking about this this week. How, how does God change our perspective? You know, sometimes I've experienced my own life. God has changed my perspective uh, on things that I've taken for granted through tragedy. You think about that. There's some, man, our world is hard, isn't it? We live in a really hard world. Uh, you know, this, this week there's a, there a country star that lost his three-year-old. Tragic accident, right? 
It didn't, it didn't give all the details, but it, I don't need details, man. I just, I'm like, oh, I can't. You know what I mean? You're trying to, there are loved ones in this community that we've lost in the last months in tragic accidents. And, and you know what happens when something like that occurs? You know what it makes you do if you're a parent? You know what you do, don't you? What do you do with your kids, man? You hold them a little closer, don't you? Because, because something happens when, when a tragedy strikes close to home, suddenly you want to grab your loved ones and you're going to look past all the things that drive you nuts. Amen? You're going to look past the, the, the attitude and the teenager-ness that's going on and I'm just going to hug them and hold them like a baby and go, I am so grateful that God gave me you. And here's my hope and my prayer this week as I prepared this message. I pray that it doesn't take a tragedy for God to change our perspective on his church. But instead, maybe through a simple message and a simple reminder that God would change our perspective, that we would realize that the church is a gift and we need to hold her close. And that when we do, when we remember the church is a great gift from God, just like that young, smelly, teenage boy you got, you'll see past all the problems with attitude Right? All the difficulties. And in that moment, you're just going to be thankful for having her. For having the church. Okay? That's my hope. That's my prayer. We have to cultivate this kind of mindset, guys. That the church is a gift from God. Otherwise, you know what we're going to do? We're going to focus on all the negative stuff. Right? I mean, I, can, I, I don't know. But come on, parents. You, you have children. Okay? How many of you, your children never drive you nuts? If you raise your hand, you are lying through your teeth. Husbands, how about you? How many of you, I'm joking, I, I was going to set you up. How many of your wives drive you, you're in trouble, right? No, we're not going down that road. I could ask the wives, y'all can get away with it for some reason, but that's okay. <clears throat> a proper response to a gift, and the church is a gift. So the proper response, ready? Gratitude, joy, and a desire to give back. That's what it looks like. So how do we walk this out? This last attitude, uh, I'll give you three things that you can work on this, this, uh, this week in, in your time with the Lord. Number one is, is you can really focus on counting the church as one of the blessings that you have in Christ, right? And so one of the things we should do uh, when we pray, and I'm not saying you have to do it every time that you pray, but one of the things that we should do is we should be counting our blessings. We should be thanking God for all that he's done. And so I just wonder as you've counted your blessings, if you've kind of taken you know, take an inventory of all that God has done in your life, do you often include the church in that? God, thank you that you've made me a part of your body. Thank you that you've uniquely gifted me so that I can work with other brothers and sisters to see your kingdom come here on earth. Thank you for your body, all right? So we've got to start counting the church as one of our blessings, okay? Second thing I want to challenge you this week, ready? Give yourself to the church. I know a whole lot of people that go to church, know a whole lot of people that go to church. I do not know many that give themselves to the church. Big difference. Big difference. Uh, people that give themselves to the church, right? There's people that, and, and, and I love these people because they just show up and they're like, pastor, anything, you name it. Toilets, I'm on it. Whatever. People just say, hey, listen, I just, I'm, I'm, I'm in. What are we doing? What, what can, can I do this? Yep, you can do that. I'm on it. it like, I, I mean, just this willingness to say, hey, 
This church, right, is not a building. It's a group of people. And these people are messed up like me. But like me, they've been redeemed by Jesus. And like me, God can use them to have an impact out there. And so we join arms and we say, you know what? For the sake of God, for the sake of his kingdom, we will move forward and we will love the people that God has placed in our paths. We're going to give ourselves to that. Listen, that is work, all right? That is work. Jeff, how many years have y'all been married now? Don't, don't get it wrong. Gina's going to come back and listen. 33 years. Who, who's here that's been married at least 50? Do I got any 50? Don't, woo! God bless you. All right. All you 50-year marriage people, uh, is it vacation or is it work? It's work. Right? I mean, you know what I'm saying? I mean, you get to 50 years of that work and you're going, is there not a retirement? Is there not? Did, didn't we bank up enough hours that we can just sit here and look at each other and not talk? What? what I'm still working 50 years in. Hey, listen. There's no retirement from the kingdom of God until he calls you home. We have to still give ourselves. And, and, and guys, let me say this to you. Some of my older men, uh, you used to be the one standing up on top of roofs and swinging hammers. I don't want you on the roof anymore. I'm, I don't. But you know where I need you? There's a whole bunch of guys my age and younger. And they just need somebody to put an arm around them and say, hey, it's okay, you're going to get through this. All right? I, I, don't, I don't have a physical father on this earth anymore. I could use a dude in my life going, hey, man, how you doing? Just call, check on me every once in a while. I'm down with that. Hey, you raising those boys right? Treating your wife right? Right? Okay? I'm not the only one. We've got to be the church. And we've got to give ourselves to the church. That's what's required. Okay, last thing, guys. Right here. We have to serve with gratitude, joy, and love. Okay? Uh, hear me. There are times, I know, you get tired and you're not feeling good, and you're a little down, and so you become a consumer, right? Consumers show up, right? They show up, and they soak in. That's what you do. And you know what? I'm, I'm just going to give you a little pass. There are phases of your life that you're going to be a consumer, okay? Those phases are meant to be short-lived. Because you know what happens when you fill up a sponge and you don't wring it out? It gets sour and nasty. And if you've been a consumer for longer than a handful of months, there's probably some nasty places in your life that God's not moving and working. And here's the answer, ready? You gotta ring yourself out. You just gotta ring yourself out. We are meant to be sponges. We soak up the goodness and the love of God and we go out and we pour that out in our community and in the world. That's what you're meant to do. And we do it joyously. We do it joyously. I, I, I prayed with Chris this morning and Peggy and the prayer team and, uh, and with our team. I said, you know, listen, this is just one of those days. I don't feel awesome. I'm just being on, honest with you. I, I'm, but God, uh, what, what was the word you used? It was the D word. He said, I'm depleted. Chris, I said, Chris, I am too. I'm depleted. But brother, I'm not defeated. I'm not defeated. Right? Because when I am weak, he is strong. Listen, God wants to use and, and put his strength on display in your life. Just serve with gratitude. Take what you got. Say, Lord, I got this bad attitude today. 
God, all I got is a little bit of strength. Lord, all I got is a little bit of knowledge and just see what the Lord will do with those things, all right? I'm going to ask you to pray with me before you do. I want to tell you, I've been preaching this series on church membership for, uh, this is now week seven, and not one time have I asked you to join the church. You had to know it was coming, right? Had to know at some point. Here's what I want to say to you. If you're here, listen, by the way, if, if, if you're here and you're like, I've only been here one or two times, it, it, this may not be for you. In fact, most people that come the first week and say, I want to join the church, I say, you should probably come back a few more weeks and make sure. We're an acquired taste. But listen, we do want you to know that this could be your home. But this is what we expect of our people. This is who we're going to be. Because guys, uh, and, and our long-term members know, if you're visiting with us and, and you don't know us very well, the Lord is calling this church to relocate and, and to go build a brand new facility over by the high school. The Lord is calling us to have to work through that and have to give sacrificially, and then we're going to have to show up and volunteer, all of it. If you think you get in a new building and it all just happens, you're crazy. Right? You have to show up in the new building and you're going to have to start greeting people and we need more people working coffee and we need more smiles. We're going to need more children workers. We need more people in youth ministry. We're going to, I mean, I mean we, we're going to need some work. And so it's not, it's not going to be easy, but I'm here to tell you this community is worth it. And we are going to reach the community of Elgin, Texas and all the new families that are moving here. And we're going to see their lives transformed by the power of the gospel. Not because of who we are, but because of who Christ is. And so we would love to have some members that are wanting to give themselves to that. But I want you to know that's the bar for membership. And if you're here and you're going, I'm not willing to give myself to the church, then we probably need to talk, right? We probably need to talk. Maybe we need to do something, (laughs) but that is the bar. That is the bar. That's what it means to be a member. So I'm going to pray for us and, uh, and, and again, I'm just going to give you a few minutes. Uh, we have one, we have a commitment guys. Here's the sixth commitment. I do need to read this. I, I forgot. And so we're asking you to sign these. You don't have to turn them in, but they're in your sermon notes. Uh, sixth commitment is this. I will treasure church membership as a gift. It says, I'm a church member. This membership is a gift. When I received the free gift of salvation through Jesus Christ, I became a part of the body of Christ. I soon thereafter thereafter identified with a local body and was baptized. And now I am humbled and honored to serve and love others in our church. I pray that I will never never take my membership for granted, but I will see it as a gift and an opportunity to serve others and be a part of something so much greater than any one person or member. And so I'm going to ask you to pray over that and sign. Pray with me this morning. Father, thank you for loving us. Um, Lord, I just ask that you would do what only you can. And Father, that's that you would change our minds, our hearts, that you would change our perspective. I pray this, this, moment, uh, this morning that we didn't have a tragedy that had to make that happen, but just by the power of your word, maybe we have changed our heart towards what the church is meant to be. Lord, I think there's somebody in this room that is here and, and they're hurting because of a church. Maybe it's because of this church. Maybe there's something that's happened. Um, but God, you're so much bigger than that. And so our hope this morning is that you would reconfigure our minds and our hearts and point them to yourself. 
and that we would see our need for you and that we would ultimately give ourselves to your church. Holy Spirit, would you do what only you can? In Jesus' name we pray, amen.